Hello, good evening, morning, wherever y'all are. Um, my name is Joe Fizz, and we're going to get started with the first Third Shift Thoughts in over two months. And I apologize, because this is something that I have been wanting to do for a long time coming. However, there have been finals, life events, more things have happened. So I wanted to express my deepest sorrows in regards to that. And we're going to get kicked right in to Third Shift Thoughts. Uh, DV, do you have anything? So I think that the coolest thing about this is that my voice changed in the time that we were gone. So here it is. Third Shift Thoughts with Joe Fizz. Okay, I think I missed the older DV voice. So while I try to figure out that, here's the intro. So today I'm going to bring in a couple different topics that are near and dear to my heart. The first is going to be Dungeons and Dragons, and the second is going to be podcasting, with obviously the musical interlude in between. All right, so to get started, the one that I am the most excited about, um, we are going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. So what is Dungeons and Dragons? Where does it come from? Why is this now a resurging popularity? So we get... To think about it this way, we got to go back to the late 70s, early 80s, when Gary Gygax created a tabletop role-playing game, or a TTRPG, uh, that it was centered around an adventuring party, or maybe even just one person, and they go out into a fictitious world known as Greyhawk, and they partake in quests, battles, think, if you will... Um, Jeffrey Chaucer's um, adventures and stories, I forget what they're called now, which is terrible because um, my English teacher from high school would annihilate me. But basically, think of that. It's the Canterbury Tales. Sorry. Shout out to T. Scraz. I did not forget that. Um, so basically, take the Canterbury Tales, give them mythical creatures such as um, Beholders illithids, which are mind flayers. We'll get into the mind flayer part in a little bit. And other various types of um, creatures, mythical creatures, ones that Gygax himself made up. Um, and you put them in this fantasy setting and have a high fantasy type game. Now, over the years, there have been different offshoots of it. There have been many more additions but we saw the huge spike in popularity grow with the introduction of Stranger Things. As we remember from season one in the opener, you see the main character sitting around a table and they are playing Dungeons and Dragons. Now, call it what you will, call it Stranger Things cultural phenomenon, call it nostalgia factor, call it just other various things. But essentially, Dungeons & Dragons came back. Um, it created its fifth edition. I think it was in 2014, if I recall correctly. Um, but anyway, 
it saw this huge spike in popularity. <clears throat> now we have to consider a couple other factors too with our later topic, the podcasting. For people who, you know, liked Stranger Things or just like Dungeons and Dragons from when they were a kid, but don't have necessarily an outlet for it or don't like Stranger Things, what happened with Dungeons and Dragons is now there are a lot of podcasts out there, unlike this one, um, that have many more people who sit around a table and they play Dungeons and Dragons. So for example, the big one that if you're in the community you know will stand out is Critical Role. Critical Role is um, Matthew Mercer and a bunch of his friends and his wife, and they sit around the table each week on Thursday nights and play Dungeons and Dragons. I can't understate um, how great this is because there's a huge community behind it. Um, they've raised a lot of money via Kickstarter to be able to produce a series run by themselves on Amazon Prime um, that's in for two seasons right now, all because they decided to uh, take a chance and stream on Twitch and make this a thing. I mean, they grew under the Geek and Sundry banner, and then they had a split from them and now their own independent company. But the thing about Dungeons & Dragons is, and why there's another reason why this is a cultural success right now, is because in a highly digital age, this forces people to sit around the table or get together once a week uh, via the internet too, and there's interactions. So for example, um, sites such as Roll20 and others um, bring you together on the digital format um, using your webcam and a um, like its own module essentially and you can put in stranger th or not stranger things you can put in Dungeons and Dragons as the game setting and you can run Dungeons and Dragons online <clears throat> the more traditional way is to get a group of people from around your community and you sit together at the table once a week now how does the game work it seems like there are a lot of components, but how does it actually work? You essentially have these three core rule books, and at least in five, fifth edition, and they consist of the player's handbook, which is everything you need to know if you just want to play, the dungeon master's handbook, which is the game master who oversees the game and is essentially like a rules, not necessarily a lawyer, but essentially um, helps practitioner the story along. So they have, you know, character voices and maps and um, a story that they can either read from a pre-generated book. So, for example, the Stranger Things set has a pre-generated story in it, and you just read from that. Or they do what's called a homebrew campaign, where you make it up as you go, which I have done both. Um, they both have their perks. I know the... Um, the pre-generated modules are really easy and fun because they have a certain story that you can follow and allows for some deviation from that story, um, relatively minimal in others. Or you can do um, a homebrew game where you can implement new characters, new settings, new stories, build the map as you grow, other various instances. 
So the bottom line, what you need to know is that the game is centered around different sided dice, different sided polyhedral dice that determine the fate of the characters. So for example, I have with me a D20. It can't talk, obviously, because it's a dice. Um, but it has 20 different sides, and I'm going to roll. So I got an 8. Um, typically, the Dungeon Master is the one who rules how successful or not it is. The Dungeon Master can even fudge the rules sometimes. Hopefully not all the time, because uh, that wouldn't be too much fun. Um, but the Dungeon Master can essentially determine how the outcome goes. So for example, they will sit there and they will say, because I rolled an eight, um, if I was the dungeon master, and it depends on what they were trying to do. And also the um, modifiers that they have on their character sheet, which I will also explain in a little bit. If I rolled an eight, just a straight eight, nothing modifying it at all. As a dungeon master, I would say, you go and you attempt to do this, but it doesn't work. Um, unless the DC or the difficulty class was extremely, extremely low. I know sometimes people can get off on certain tasks on like a 10, sometimes even an eight. Really just depends on what it is you're trying to do. To get into the fantasy aspect of it and how it plays a part, we have to look at the character sheet. Now taking the time to build a character, it, it does take time. It's gonna take you a minute, especially if you're new. And that's another perk of the sometimes the pre-generated modules like Stranger Things, they have character sheets built in them. So you can just pull them out of the box and you can go. You can start to play, obviously after you read a little bit of the rules so you understand how it works. But for example, say I was playing a, I have this character sheet up right now. Say I was playing a level three cleric, um, a wood elf that is lawful good. So I'm a, cleric or rather a healer someone who isn't on a sworn path like a paladin is but essentially honors a deity and what it does <clears throat> i'm a wood elf which is a sub race of the general elven population with which brings its own perks and i'm lawful good which means i typically try to be on the more good side and abide by the law so for example on the character sheet, it has a list of skill sets. And let's say I wanted to go and ride a horse. My animal handling modifier is a plus two, so I add that to whatever is on my 20-sided dice. So I got a seven plus two is a nine. So again, it's one of those interesting kind of, I don't want to say a mixed success, but depending on how the Dungeon Master sees fit, I may not be able to ride my horse. So it is what it is. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that you really, really need to know. There's spells and magic, um, other various things that you can add to this. Um, I'm actually gonna do something a little bit different. Um, instead of the music interlude, this time I'm going to do kind of a mini rundown of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I'm gonna do a different character voices and things like that and bring it to you here on the podcast. In the last couple of minutes that I have to talk about Dungeons & Dragons, you may know about a fair bit of stigma that surrounds the game. The first being that 
it's like a evil spirit summoning thing. And I want to debunk this right now. Um, I have been in several Dungeons and Dragons groups. I run two Dungeons and Dragons groups as the dungeon master. Um, I've never once incorporated anything that was remotely malicious into this. Um, it's not really a cult. Um, I say not really because I know there are some people who would likely take it to the extreme. However, this is not a cult. This is a community. And it's a very healthy community to be in. It's a very accepting community. Um, whatever it is that your character is, the Dungeon Master typically works with that and brings kind of like a fruition into it. So you yourself, as the playable character, feel really good. Um, Trying to think of anything else. There is a bit of role-playing aspect to it, as you'll see in the quote-unquote music interlude. Um, there is a lot of interesting components to Dungeons & Dragons that it's kind of hard to condense on a 30- to 40-minute podcast, but it is something that I absolutely love, and I hope that y'all enjoy it too. Um, let's see, anything else that I can surmise about Dungeons and Dragons? If you have a new player, um, they produce starter sets, which has a mini module in it that you can run. Um, how many people it takes to play? It typically, you could do two players. Um, I've seen a video where Stephen Colbert and Matt Mercer are playing Dungeons and Dragons for Red Nose Day. So Mercer is the DM and Colbert is obviously the playable character. Mercer does all the different non-playable characters, so their voices and their actions. And Stephen Colbert does his playable character parts. I personally think that this game is absolutely fantastic. Um, if you want to listen to podcasts and stuff, um, I can introduce those to you as well. There is a podcast that I personally love called The Adventure Zone. So that one is the McElroy brothers um, and their dad, and they play Dungeons & Dragons. So this one's really good for a new player. Um, there is some explicit language because, you know, they're adults. And basically, um, the reason why I like it is is that Clint, which is their dad, is learning too. So as they're playing, they're learning the game. Um, another good one, obviously, is Critical Role. Critical Role, though, is pretty dense. Um, it's a good one because it has a lot of different voice actors and stuff, but it can be overwhelming for new players. It certainly was for me. And then the final one that I would recommend is um, Dungeons and Daddies, but that's not like what it sounds like. It's not a BDSM podcast, which is what they say in their tagline. That one specifically is centered around um, these like quote unquote real world dads, and they end up going to the Forgotten Realms, which is a uh, player setting in Dungeons and Dragons. So these are some pretty good podcasts to start you off. Um, there are other various ones. Um, if you hear Pathfinder, it is a variation of Dungeons & Dragons 3.5. Um, it's This is going to be controversial, but I think that for a new player, 
give them fifth edition because it is more streamlined. It'll make more sense in the long run. You can always pick up Pathfinder later. I personally don't like Pathfinder because I feel like it's kind of clunky, not necessarily streamlined, and there's a lot more extra math. Whereas Stranger Things, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was reading the word Stranger Things, but I was looking at Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons is more centered around the, um, not as much math, streamlining it, making it more sense, and then ultimately um, giving the player a lot less confusing math to deal. So we're going to dive in in one second, and I'm going to introduce a new character to the show. So here we go. Thompson, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. How about yourself? Not so bad, man. Um, I'm just hanging in there. Uh, I heard you wanted to play Dungeons & Dragons. Hey, I've always wanted to play Dungeons & Dragons. Um, I've always wanted to try. I've never really thought about how I was going to do it, but I think that um, it'd be great for me to do. Yeah, it'd be something that would be a lot of fun. I actually have um, a player sheet for you. So here we go, and let's see what we got. Um, okay. So you find yourself in a small town. Mm-hmm. It is um, pretty beat up and run down. There are things about it that really cause you to take note. The first thing is is that there is a small tavern um, with bustling crowd coming in and out of it. The second mm-hmm. is the smithy. There is a blacksmith shop around the corner Um, you can hear the pangs as the metal hits the anvil and the smell the ruddy smell of metal being pressed Hmm. in addition in the other corner um, you see a library which is really interesting for a small town but this library seems to be really well built up it's something that takes your attention and you focus in on it and you see a few people coming in and out here and there, but there's a weird insignia above the door. Oh, that's not And then good. there are roads leading out of town, east to west, and yeah, so what do you want to do? I would really like to make a perception check on that weird insignia to gain, see if I can gain anything from it. Yeah, a perception check would be really great right here. So go ahead and roll a d20 and okay. add your perception skill modifier so that's a plus four to the d20 row i got a four a four plus four is an eight okay so um yeah um you can't really garnish anything from this distance um damn there just seems to be a weird insignia Hmm. there's not really much insight you can gain from that perception check okay so i'm going to go up to the library, and I'm going to look in... Oh, what the hell? I'm going to go into the library and see if I can see anything from inside. And see if there are any weird types. Anything where I can see that insignia on the inside. Sure. Um, So you walk into the door, and the first thing that you take in is that, for this being a really run-down town with houses scattered around that look really, really um, impoverished, 
you see that in the library proper that there is a lot of money funneled into here. There are books that are at least two times higher than you stand tall. Um, a lot of very well-dressed patrons moving in and out. Um, actually, you hear from, as soon as you walk in, a voice go, I'm sorry, can I help you? Um, yes, I would like to... The hell with it. I would like to know what that insignia is above the door, and I'm going to roll a persuasion check. Absolutely. So uh, roll a d20 and add your and add your charisma modifier. I think this. I think this dice is loaded. I got a nine <laughs> plus zero, which is a nine. <laughs> Excellent. Um, surprisingly, even with that roll, um, she looks to you. And she says, "Yes, th that insignia is for the Crimson Reserve. The Crimson Reserve are the essentially scholars of mm. this land. Um, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, and your name was? My name is Desmond. My name is Desmond Fullery. And I'm here to inquire upon specifically why... I don't know. I'm new to this town. Um, is there anything that you could let me in on or tell me? I'm basically going to roll another persuasion check. Um, sure. So go ahead and roll once again a d20 and add that persuasion or the charisma modifier. Hey, here we go. I caught an 11. An 11 plus 0 is an 11. Yeah, so even in that little interim of time, uh, she probably just wants you to get off her back. So she goes, um, you know, personally, I'm not really too sure. It's a quite a, a not very bustling town. Um, I, I see you are um, either some kind of paladin or a cleric. Yes. Um, y y yes. So um, there are certain selections for paladins and clerics. If you would like to follow me, please. And she basically hops down from her uh, stool. She is actually a halfling. Oh. Um, so she hops down and she walks over to the mm -hmm. certain section. Okay, great. Um, do I see anything within the uh, shelves that would particularly stand out to me? Yeah, I think, well, go ahead and, I'm going to say make an investigation check. Let's see if you can get something higher than a 11. I got a 19 plus 1, which is a, they, they call it a dirty 20, right? Yeah, so basically, whenever you roll a d20, anything that you add to it, they call it dirty. Okay. Natural is anything otherwise. A natural 20 is a critical success. A natural one is a critical failure. Oh, fantastic. So, with a dirty 20, um, you definitely see something that stands out. Um, your deity is um, Paylor, right? Yeah. So, with Paylor, um, there is a book that stands out, and it says, um, Hidden Spells of Paylor. Mm. Um, you can tell that, actually, this is a very, very rare book. Um, really weird that she has it sitting in there. Okay, so from there, I'm going to look at her, and I'm going to say, 
this is a pretty rare book. Um, why, by chance, do you have it just sitting in here like that? Um, um, I have it by chance sitting out. shouldn't just be lying about. You know, somebody could take it or whatnot. Yes. Um, the reason why I have it sitting out is because I wanted to give it to somebody like you in the event that it came along. Um, then it's no, Nobody's really using it. Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to give it to you. That's interesting. You know, this is something that she, you know, recognizes. She seems pretty emphatic about mm -hmm. it. Okay, yeah. So I take the book and I hold it and I start to look through it to see if mm -hmm. I can see anything else interesting about it. Okay. Uh, but first I look up at her and I say, th th thank you for this. Um, I greatly appreciate it. She looks at you and she says, no problem. Um, I hope you enjoy your stay here at the Crimson Archive and in the town. And yes, have a, have a good rest of your day. I turn and look back to her and I say, thank you. And I start to dive for the, through the book. All right, and that's where we're going to call the session for today. So as you can see, thank you, Thompson. So as you can see, um, Dungeons & Dragons is one of those things that sitting around a table with the, or on your um, the platform that you use to play, um, sitting around the table, having people, you know, getting into the story, having different characters, having different character voices, really builds this world that is truly addicting. Um, rolling the d20, um, you know, seeing what happens next based on the roll. And when I say addicting, it's just a lot of fun. So that's Dungeons and Dragons. If you have any questions, you know, you can always reach out to me um, through my email at jos, the letter R B Y E R S, at gmail.com. So next, um, we're going to dive into the world of podcasting. So podcasting, what is it? Um, what is the nature of it? Um, so basically, in the mid to early 2000s, uh, podcasting started to become a pretty big thing. Um, I know when I was in elementary school, they were talking about it, and I really had no idea what it was. But then once I got into middle school, I was introduced to this podcast called Welcome to Night Vale. Um, it's essentially... This really bizarro, kind of creepy, fictitious town. Um, think of Stephen King's Desperation, but just put into a town. Kind of Lovecraftian, too. But essentially, it follows this um, narrator named Cecil Baldwin. He's a radio show host. And he just details about what's going on in the town every two weeks. Um, as I mentioned earlier with Dungeons & Dragons, um, Critical Role is another big one. Uh, they play every Thursday, and they turn it into a podcast. Same with uh, the McElroy family. They have the Adventure Zone, which is a really good one to get started on Dungeons & Dragons. It runs about an hour per episode. And they also have My Brother, My Brother and Me, Sawbones, um, Schmanners. They have a bunch of other podcasts within their network that they uh, disseminate to everybody. So My Brother, My Brother and Me is basically... The three brothers, uh, Justin, Travis, and uh, wow, Tra Justin, Travis, and Griffin, and they all sit down and they talk just about random stuff. I remember the one time I tuned in, they were talking about Garfield and this Garfield restaurant that was opening opening up. Um, but anyway, podcasts typically have a theme, whether it's weekly or just for the overall show, and they just dive right into it. I know this one. Kudos, you've already. 
started listening to one. Um, this one is particularly about um, third shift thoughts. So whatever comes to my mind on third shift, I think about it, write it down, and then the next day I show up and uh, put it out there. So, um, you know, podcasting is usually spread via RSS feed, um, which basically is like a subscription feed, or you can get it through, you know, your favorite places like Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, various of those kind of instances. It basically pops up into your feed each time an episode is posted. The way I think of podcasts, I think of back in the day when radio was starting to become a big thing and they had radio shows. Basically, podcasts are radio shows mass disseminated throughout the internet and that you can cater to you. Uh, Most of these podcasts now are becoming live shows, which you're thinking, okay, do they sit behind a desk and they, you know, put out whatever? No, actually. What they do is for things like Night Vale, who have different voice actors that come in, they will have their own unique story for that specific live show, or they'll have a tour of that specific live show, kind of like a mini play. And they go up there with microphones and they do it. Um, They'll have a musical guest. They'll bring updates about the show, things like that. My brother, my brother and me and uh, the Adventure Zone, they'll either play Dungeons and Dragons or do my brother, my brother and me. Um, I forgot to mention that it's like a help service. So they answer like a bunch of Yahoo questions. Yahoo answers questions and they'll um, respond to them in real time. They'll have a show like that. Uh, Critical Role does live ones. Uh, the other one that I know that's really good is Last Podcast on the Left. They have a live show where they basically talk about things that they found and audience questions and things like that. So um, I would actually love to do a Third Shift Thoughts one, um, but I don't know who would come and listen to it and if somebody would actually give me the space to be able to do that. So yeah, I can't really imagine a promoter being like, yeah, we're going to promote this dude talking about what he thinks about on third shift but you never know so but anyway podcasting is pretty fun to do um it usually takes me about like a half hour of my time to um actually produce and create which is really awesome because i'm a pretty busy individual so that's pretty nice and then um beyond that the editing and stuff really just comes down to uh, garage band and the little background information that i have about splicing audio sound which basically means, say if I mess up, I just section out that portion of the podcast and cut it out. And then I will um, update it, you know, changing over it or whatever. Um, So yeah, I honestly, I personally love podcasting. I can't promote it enough. It's kind of cathartic for me just to like talk and then receive feedback from people. Um, Some feedback that I've received about this one in particular is that people actually really like it, Um, which is really cool because that not only kind of wants me to keep doing it, but also makes me feel pretty proud that I'm producing something that people really like. Um, other than that, you just need a microphone and then a uh, audio interface. So I use a Behringer audio face. It's one of the smaller ones, but I can plug a guitar into it and I can adjust my audio as I go. And I personally love it. So if y'all want to get into podcasting, again, hit me up. I can uh, give you some sources. I know a good one that we disseminate this podcast through is called pinecast.com. It's $5 a month. 
um, for me to produce as many episodes as I want. And I personally love it because it's pretty hands-free and the interaction I've had with the people who um, run it, um, they've responded to my questions really easily. And yeah, I think it's pretty good. Other ones are CastBox. Um, I know Apple does their own too, but I don't know how to get into that. So I think with that, I don't really have too much more to say about podcasting. In general, it's just a lot of fun and um, it's great to use as a conversation piece. And um, yeah, that's really about it. I know I didn't have too much DV in here. I apologize. Um, for some reason, the sound that I used for him, like the, the voice modulator wasn't really working well today. Um, I really don't want to keep him on robot voice, but we'll see what ends up happening. Um, and with that, dear friends, uh, I'm pretty much done with this episode. I just wanted to say I hope your holidays are merry and bright in the upcoming weeks. And um, one final closing thought with the last few minutes that I'm going to do this. Please be incredibly kind. Be incredibly kind to somebody today. Just better humanity. Pay it forward is what I've always been told. You know, put some time and effort into somebody else, whether it's just complimenting them on their outfit, not creepily, or, you know, just saying that they have a really nice smile. Just something something to give them something to get through the day. The holiday season is really rough, as we all know, for various reasons. And I just want to put that out there. Just please, please, please. If that's all you can afford this season, just afford the time, the split second it takes to compliment somebody and just show incredibly hopeful kindness. Again, I know that some people aren't as outgoing. Maybe it's paying for someone's drink at Starbucks, paying for the person behind you. They don't have to know, you know, they don't have to overtly know, but you're paying it forward. You're doing something to better the cause of humanity, even however small it is. And with that, I think that is going to be the episode for today. I'm going to try, as I say all the time, to keep more to the two-week schedule, especially with being on a holiday break. Um, however, life and events happen, so I'll try my best uh, to do that. Also, I have exciting news for those who would like something a little more different than this podcast. Um, if you're interested in what's called Serial Podcast, which is basically where one builds off the other. I have another podcast called Graymore. Um, I'm actually turning it into a book. Um, while I'm on this break, I'm actually writing a few more chapters of said book, but it's basically about a security guard finding mysterious and mystical uh, creatures and events that happen in a fictitious college campus in the Northeast United States. So if you really enjoy that kind of vibe, kind of creepy vibe, um, Stephen King asks... Stephen King-esque or um, Lovecraftian or Night Vale, if you're familiar with Welcome to Night Vale, try out the podcast. And as always, please like, share, comment um, this podcast, um, share it with your friends, family, enemies, strangers, um, whatever the case may be. Um, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to have that kind of feedback. And yeah, so until next time, y'all, have a good, safe adventure. We'll see you next time.